Welcome back and thanks for watching episode 5 of the Lockdown Lowdown, take number 3. So thanks very much for tuning back in. We thought we'd be really smart and do it outside, but unfortunately the sound and the distortion of all the birds in the background meant that people couldn't hear. So we relocated into another room and hopefully the Wi-Fi signal will be good and also the audio will be good for you as well. So where I, was, where I started off last time, I'll be a little bit briefer this time, was that boxing seems to have taken a little bit of a backward step in the last week. Um, there's been leaks from the Scottish First Minister and the Welsh Assembly about things that are being considered um, back to a new normal. And social distancing is definitely a major part of this, which does look as if that means that small hall boxing or the boxing with people in attendance is a lot further away. Probably not helped by the fact that the, the death rate here, although today's is low, which is Sunday, uh, because Sunday's always lower, has still probably not fallen as quickly as they wanted, irrelevant to what they tell you, um, and therefore they are a little bit concerned. What's, what's a little bit annoying are all these questions where it keeps asking the government about what are their plans when we come out of lockdown. Well, they actually don't know, and um, <laughs> therefore these questions are a little bit crazy because they haven't got a set system yet, and a lot's going to depend on what happens and whether people did social distancing and with uh, the amount of people on the roads increasing quite dramatically over the last four days, that could pose them a particular problem. But as far as boxing is concerned, I think small hall boxing is going to, is going to take a little, bit, a little bit longer than a lot of people have been anticipating, not necessarily from my end, but hopefully we'll get some more news about that in the next two weeks. Uh, when they announce on the Thursday week what is going on. So just moving, moving on, and I just want to touch on one thing, and this is sort of a moral dilemma, and again, be interested, this is not really related to boxing, but obviously it looks as if Sarah Gilbert and Oxford is probably as far ahead as anybody in the world at developing a vaccine, um, and she's confident, or 80% confident, she's going to produce it by September. And what was interesting was Matt Hancock said, right, Brits go first, and there's been a massive, massive campaign to say, no, we should share it amongst the world, and the British people shouldn't get it first. And it's, it's an interesting dilemma, isn't it, that should we therefore um, deal with us first? I'm sure if Donald Trump in America got hold of a vaccine, it's not very likely he'd ship it over to us before he sorts it out in America. But it's a very, very difficult moral dilemma that I think the world is in, because if somebody does get a vaccine, do they look after their own first? Um, obviously, from a selfish point of view, that's what we hope. But um, we'll just have to see. Moving on to the financial world in the last week, a few things that I've pulled out. And the first start off with the furlough. question that I, I was asked the other day. Um, some people that have been furloughed have been told they won't get their money now. They'll get their money down the line. Well, let me tell you, if your employer has furloughed you and applied last Monday, which is when they could have done, and it was very, very, the systems did work, they should receive their money by Tuesday of this week. So therefore, if you are due furlough money and they haven't paid you for the month of March or for the month of April, month of April I would be chasing them for that money because there is no reason that your employer would not have March and April's furlough money this week. They do then have to apply, apply for every month, after about the 15th of each month, but they should be able to pay you your March money back date and your April money without a shadow of a doubt before the end of this month. So just so you're aware of that, in case there are any employers that are not 
doing the right thing. Very surprised in the financial world to read a news article published by, I think it was the FT, that said that of the financial advisors out there, 14%, 1-4% would go out of business if they did not receive help and assistance from the government. I was absolutely astonished because you've got to remember that these people or firms are out advising people how to invest money, how to make money, how to save money, and if they can't even have the resources that, with that to survive something like this without having to go to the government, they shouldn't be advising anyway. And my, my attitude to that was not, oh, I feel sorry for them. It was, you shouldn't be in business anyway, and you shouldn't be advising clients if you can't even manage your financial affairs correctly. The markets this week, well, once again, the FTSE has fallen slightly. There's been a slight fall in the FTSE, and I'm I can pleasantly report, as my clients will tell you, that every single one of my clients has once again this week made money in a market and a FTSE that has fallen. So two weeks running, we've had a FTSE falling, and two weeks have actually made money. Not fortunes, but we've all ahead uh, for the peak. So all of my clients in the last five weeks, four weeks off the five, they've made money, and over the five weeks they've made good money. If you are out there and you do have investments, <clears throat> and I'm not your financial advisor, I strongly, strongly recommend you get a full review of your advisor and understand exactly the funds that you're invested in and for you to understand them. And if not, you can do an independent research, you can do independent research on funds. And if you want to message me, I can send you links, it's all free, um, and you can do it yourself. And it will tell you exactly how your fund's performing, exactly what it's doing, exactly what it's invested in, exactly how they're performing in the crisis. Uh, because it's very important, a lot of people have a lot of money stuck in pensions and other funds, and they don't know how they're performing, and it's astonishing to me that they don't. So make sure, if you're doing it on your, sorry, on the second thing, if you're doing it on your own, that's crazy, don't try and do that. Um, I spoke to somebody last week, uh, and there was a substantial difference in what would have happened if it had been managed properly and they, they, they had chosen the funds themselves. So that's very, very important. One tip for the week, because I always try and bring a, bring a tip to this, uh, just a little bit of information, and it surrounds the use of wills. Now, wills can be as cheap as £24 per person to get a will. Let me start off by saying that, because I do know that there are there are astronomical charging wheels out there. So let me just start by saying it's not an expensive thing to do, number one. Number two, do not assume that if you die, that the money goes to your wife, if you're married. It does not do that. Only the first £250,000 of, of an estate goes to, goes to your spouse automatically if you don't have a will. I've written a big thing about this for my clients this week. And um, it's very important that people just don't realise this. And it's very important that you do make a will. And it's not expensive, but it makes sure that the, that the money does go to the people that you want it to. And the other two points of a will is that in a will, the executors will be nominated by you, so you know you'll have control of your money. Because if you don't do that, you don't know that. And if you've got children, a will does specify who is going to look after your children. Without a will, it is not specified. It doesn't specify when your children should inherit. It doesn't specify who's looking after the money to make sure your children um, do get the money at the right times. Because I can tell you, I've had instances where clients have not had a will and somebody's taken all the money before the children have been able to access it. So, very, very important. Have a look at wills when you've got some time off like now. Again, 
as I say every week, whether you're a client of mine or not, if you want any help, message me privately. I'll send you some links to help you out um, if you get stuck, because it's all about trying to help everybody at this particular time. But if you haven't got a will, honestly go and get it done. Now before I just go and take questions, just to talk about something we do on Instagram on Monday and Wednesday evenings at 7 o'clock. We do an Instagram Live and it's on a Goodwin Boxing Instagram page. And on there, this week, on Monday, we have some really interesting guests. Chris Mason, former quarter-finalist in the PDC World Darts Championship, who's a commentator on ITV. He's an avid boxing fan, he guessed. Graham Everett, the top trainer from Norwich, he's on as well. And two young boxers with massive aspirations, Sam Cox of Islington, North London, who's an exceptional flyweight prospect, and Billy Stanley from Plymouth. They're also coming on the show on Monday. So have a look there. And on Wednesday, we've got Chantelle Cameron, the top female boxer. So if you don't tune in on Mondays, 7 o'clock, Instagram Live, Goodwin Boxing, and you'll, there were four 10-minute interviews going there on Monday. So it's 7 o'clock there. Have we got any questions this week? Yeah, we've got a couple. So we've got David Evans. He says, what's your thoughts on Trump's bleach remarks? <sighs> I think if you vote people, if you sit there and you... Trump or Hillary Clinton, then you get what you deserve. That's the problem in America. I mean, realistically, anybody against Trump who had, who who's not got some issues with things they've done in the past and is a respectable human being should beat him. If you vote somebody like that in, then you're going to get comments like that. And Trump now is now no longer, I think, giving conferences, or he wasn't yesterday. So. I mean, the man needs to be voted out, but he's still favoured to get back in later in the year. It's, just, it's disgusting and astonishing. Okay, and we've got Martin Fearbold. He says, how much would you have had to have been paid to go to the live boxing event in Nicaraguan <laughs> last night? Was there one? I didn't even know that, oh my God, there was a live event in Nicaragua. I cannot believe it. I didn't even know there was live boxing. My God, you couldn't have got me there for a million pounds, that's for sure. Oh my God, I didn't know there was live boxing in Nicaragua. Ramaz has just asked the same if you saw the clips last night. I haven't seen it. I'll have to have a look. I mean, I'm, ast I'm astonished at any country. Okay, and we've got... What commodity markets will have the most effect on boxing business? It's a bit of a... In terms of... It, but in terms of what? Commodity markets can be gold. I don't actually understand the question, so maybe try and rephrase it for me and I'll do my best to answer it. If it. As long as it's not specific to investment advice, I can't give investment advice on here, but I can answer general questions, but I don't understand the question in terms of what you want, what, what, what you want from me. Okay, and we've got Karina. Mm -hmm. She Hi, said, Karina. Eddie Hearn was asked this week about in like quotations, the fighter that got away. And he said Tyson Fury when he turned up in Monaco in 2017. Did you have such a fighter and which fighter, past or present, would you love to manage? Really, really good question. I was actually at Monaco um, in 2017 when Tyson Fury was there because Derek Chisora fought Adi Kabayel. So I was actually there. Tyson Fury was absolutely huge when he turned up. Which fighter would I like to have managed? I'm really happy with the ones that I have managed because I wouldn't want to manage anybody that didn't want to be managed by me. So I don't ever feel that anybody has ever 
got away because I've managed the people I've managed, like Frank Bolioni, uh, Nicola Amazon, I managed her. They were pleasures to manage, and so I don't ever feel that there was somebody that had got away. What was the second part of the question? Um, she just said that Eddie Hearn was asked that. Is there anyone you'd want to manage? Yeah, you've answered it. Yeah, no, I, th I feel, I, I think you've got to have that relationship. It's not a case of plucking somebody out here. There are people that I would, I, actually, I'll rephrase it. I'm not going to give a name, but there's several boxers out there, or many boxers that I feel have been really badly managed, and I wish I'd, I'd had the opportunity to guide them better, and they would have had better careers. But I can't name names because it means I'm criticising other managers, and I, I don't want to do that. Um, Alan Budgen says, read your WhatsApp, Mr. Goodwin. I sent you a link about the boxing. I did it. Okay, yes. I'll have a look later. And Ramez said, watch them. It looked mental. Fighters wearing masks into the ring. Don't see the point as they took them off to fight. Two empty seats between spectators. Oh, my God, no. That's, that does not work. That does not work. I'll have to have a look out. Thanks for sending it to us. Okay, and we've got Trevor Padden. He says, evening, Steve. There have been a few suggestions this week as to what could kill the coronavirus. UV light, vitamin D. I don't have any of these, but have some domestus. I will let you know next week how I get on. <laughs> I mean, how on earth the Americans can vote that man back in again? I mean, that should be his death warrant for being a president. It's shocking. But, but you've heard people, I don't know if you noticed that, in New York, some of the stores have run out of Domestos. They've actually run out. People have gone out and bought it. It's mental. It's just absolutely mental. Do you imagine Boris Johnson saying that? I mean, people would want him, would want him removed from power, wouldn't they? They'd think he's gone mental. They'd, they'd, they'd want to have him certified. Rightfully so. Okay, Matthew Hurst says, This week it has been mentioned a traffic light system will be used yeah, to introduce right. life back to normality. What businesses do you think will go back first? And when do you think boxers will be able to return to a gym to train? It's very really difficult because they've got to make decisions, but I'm not a politician, although at one time I was going to be, but um, the only reason, I, by the way, the only reason I didn't want to be a politician was I knew I'd have to lie, and I found that I don't like to lie, I like to tell the truth, so the reason I didn't want to go down that road is because I didn't want to have to do their job and, sit and, not, and not tell the truth. Um, traffic my system is just, a suggest is just a suggestion. I think it depends on the economy. If you take Denmark, Denmark have sent back hairdressers and beauticians immediately. To me, that's probably not the first business you'd send back because there's one-on-one -on -one contact. You probably have that delay, and that affects Olivia because she's a beautician. But to me, that makes absolutely no sense. But the, the, the Danish scientists have decided that's the way to go forward. So I think it's very difficult. Honestly, for me, gyms, they shouldn't go back because if ever, you know, you're talking about the spread from... Uh, people talking, um, coughing, spitting. Well, then you, you've now got, if you go into gyms, what have you got? Dripping sweat coming off people's bodies and, and spitting into buckets. To me, that's got, in logical terms, it's, and I know this is really bad for business, but it should be one of the last things that goes back, in my opinion. Um, I, can't, I genuinely, I, as you know, Matthew, I forecast, I'm, I'm a pessimist on my forecast for small ball boxing. Um, I may be wrong, but to me, logic, logic is that gyms should not be one of the first things that go back. That go back. They should be way towards the end. I think you can. I think there are certain shops that you could you can open up, and certain businesses you can open up. Um, just normal high street stuff you can open up as long as people had social distancing done, and there was social distancing outside. I think you can open there as long as you're trying not to get people into contact. I think you can see that. 
We are now, what, four and a half weeks after the start of lockdown, and we still yesterday had 700 deaths. So it's telling you people are still catching it inside. And that's what you've got to remember, is that 80 to 90% of infections they now believe us are, are, are dealt with inside. Uh, or in close proximity. Cheltenham Festival, they said that Cheltenham hospitals have got the most COVID patients per head of population than any other part of the country. So I think gyms, you're asking for trouble, but I think there are businesses that can go back first. Perhaps they might allow gyms back. But one-on-one's a problem because you're still holding pads. And I, I, I just can't see it. But, but as far as they're going to make some calls that are economic, they're going to make some calls where they're going to send businesses back, probably for economic reasons rather than social reasons. But I think those of us have got to, you know, if they're open theatres, for example, anybody goes to, theater, to a theatre in my mind would be absolutely nuts. So, but they may feel they've got open theatres. But very hard for me to say, but I think there are, it's just logical thought processes. Okay, um, Julio's replied again. He says, the oil prices and shorted, uh, shortage of natural resources, will they have a negative effect on boxing businesses and how? Well, all oil prices have effects on the world. I mean, the thing about oil, it's about, they have got the oil, it's about the supply. It's a, oil is controlled by the amount of supply you get. What you had was too much supply early part of the week, um, which had a massive effect on stock prices falling. And that was because they had oil, they had people with oil barrels ready to get them off ships and nobody wanted them, so they had to pay people to take them off the ships. In terms of boxing, I don't think oil makes any particular difference to any, anything else, but they need to make sure that the supply of oil is the right amount for what's needed. You oversupply the oil, and you end up the oil price falls and people wobble. You don't supply enough oil, and then people are struggling to use, to use the oil, and then the price rockets and there's a shortage of supply. So that affects every industry in every different way, but I think the oil, the oil people, the oil and the whole OPEC and everything need to get the production levels right. And if you can do that, then there should be a, uh, it should it should be a, it should be a soft thing. But we can't have it going either way, which we've seen this week. We saw the stock market fall quite fall a bit at the start of the week, and then when they got the oil situation resolved, the markets went back up again. Okay, and we've got Paul Cummins. He says, some promoters are planning behind closed doors boxing shows. Are you planning to go down that road? When you say some promoters, you're talking about Eddie Hearn and Frank Warren. There is no promoter out there unless they are want to just basically lose £30,000. They can do a behind closed doors without tax, without money. So the answer is no, and unless somebody wants to donate £30,000 plus to running a show, it is impossible to do it behind closed doors without TV revenue. So you'd probably say Mick Hennessy on Channel 5, Eddie Hearn on Sky, um, possibly the Golden Contracts were now done on Sky, and Frank Warren on BT. But apart from that, I can't see anybody else doing it unless they have just got money to burn. Okay, we've got Alan Budgen. He says, good evening, Steve. The Dutch have cancelled their equivalent of the Premier League. What do you think will happen to the Premier League? Well, I think we should cancel it, but I think, um, I'll tell you what was really interesting, was I read something that said if the Premier, they, they could go behind closed doors, but they're going to have to test absolutely everybody. And then you've got the problem of fans going outside the ground and cheering their teams on outside the ground. So I think morally it should be cancelled. I, I think though what will happen is that it will go, they will go ahead, but then you're going to have the problem of fans congregating outside the stadiums, and that may cause a lot of, a lot of issues. But my view is it should, it should be cancelled. Okay, and we have got one more question, but it's decided not to open the whole question, so I've, can I only read half of it? 
so bear with me. Here we go. It's from Richard. He says, how many fights or years as a pro do you like one of your boxes to have before challenging for titles, area, English and British? A really good question. Um, it is totally different uh, for each boxer. I mean, we, we look at each boxer as an individual. And what I mean by that, you know, I could get a kid that's, a, say, say Sam Cox. Let's take Sam Cox as an example. He's got a really good amateur record and he's a flyweight. Now, Sam's had five fights and he's, near, he's ready for titles. Why? Because he's got an extensive amateur record and because at flyweight, there's not a lot of uh, boxers there. So you reach the top a lot quicker. Similarly to female boxing, in that you can challenge for a world title, Nicola Adams did, in very early numbers of fights because of her amateur pedigree. When you, if you give me, for example, a light heavyweight that has had very little amateur experience, we're probably, we're probably not going to want to challenge for titles until fight number 12, 13. That's an area title. Um, it used to be that years ago people were left, left longer before they did it. But I think the answer to that is that it's got to be individual. And, and I think if you look at my fighters, I have a very good success rate of delivering them for titles when the time is right. But every fighter is individual, so I don't want to give an exact number. It's a brilliant question, but it is dependent on weight, experience, and whether they're male or female. Okay, what triggered your curiosity for boxing? God, I was always into boxing. Um, I went to originally, what's the first fight? First fight I went to was to watch uh, Dennis Andrews fight at the Royal Albert Hall. Um, and then I went in 1990 to see the Eubank Ben fight at Manchester, and I think that was what really got me. Um, unfortunately, I went in to see Eubank and Michael Watson a year later at uh, Tottenham, and I saw Michael stretching off right by the end, I saw him stretching out of the ring, and that sort of put me off for a while. Um, probably, I didn't go back to watch a boxing match for I think it was eight years. And I went to Vegas to watch Lewis Holyfield. And then what then happened was we got with Olivia and we decided that we were going to get involved with boxing. We were only going to do it for a year in 2010. Just did it for a bit of fun um, because we wanted to do it. And it sort of took off and I felt I could make a difference and it's, it's carried on to where we are today. But I was always a sporting fan, but boxing has been quite a big passion, but it's also the sport upon which to understand the business of boxing, you have to be in it for a period of time and you have to learn who's who and what's what. It's, a, it's quite a difficult business to learn and understand exactly how it works. Okay, we've got Trevor. He says, Steve, do you think it would be safe if two groups of people who have been self-isolating self meet up? As long as somebody, in my opinion, when you talk about self-isolating, I think this is one of the things the government will, will bring in, in that... If you've got um, people that have self-isolated for two weeks and another family have self-isolated for two weeks and they've not been in contact and they're showing no symptoms, I see no reason why they shouldn't meet up. Um, but I think, it's, I think, and I do think that's a sort of way that the government will move towards. They will allow some, and I think for, for people's um, sanity, you've got to try and allow some sensible meeting up. The, the issue's gonna be, and I think the government will accept this, that when they introduce these sort of rules, there will be, there will be imbeciles that do not follow this. And I saw something on Donald Trump, uh, Donald Trump on Piers Morgan show this week on GMTV. Well, on the 15th of March, an American tweeted 
This is ridiculous being locked out. I'm going to go and see who I want when I want. This is absolutely ridiculous. Don't follow this. This is nonsense. The man's now dead. Now, people that don't follow this or don't, you know, don't treat, don't mix correctly, they're now risking their lives. And, and the, but the government knows that that's going to happen. That's why they're going to have a number of deaths all the time. But you know, you've got to try and manage your socialising, in my opinion, like you would a business and be, be and, and with risk control. But yeah, if somebody meets up about, if people have been properly isolated for a couple of weeks each, then there's no reason they can't, in my opinion, they can't get together. And I think that will be part of the government's policy. Okay, we've got Matthew Hertz. He says, when boxing does return, how many bouts are going to be on that first show? Going to be a 1pm start or earlier? Yeah, I'll tell you what, we probably could run about 35 fights. Um, the, 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 the boxing board have rules now about seven hour, seven hour gaps. But what's going to happen, this is being honest, we've got a lot of fighters and so a lot of people. Some of them are not reliable. In other words, they pull out fights often. When we go back, we're, not, we're going to be running with those fighters that are reliable. Because what you can't be doing is having a fighter that you know has pulled out three of his last four times or two of his last three fights, for whatever reason it is, and depriving somebody who has never pulled out of a fight of a slot on a show. So those people that have been very reliable will benefit when it comes back. Promoters are going to be very, very, very wary about putting on unreliable boxers, that's for sure. Okay, we've got Paul Cummins again. He says, have you got ambition to put more shows on around the country? Well, Paul, we started with, um, as you know, we started with London, we promote there. We've done shows in um, Plymouth now, and uh, Plymouth is a base for us to, we want to build on, very much so in that area. And we were due to run one on the 10th of April. Um, and then there's another one due at the end of October, <clears throat> although I'm not sure whether that will take place, we'll have to see. But yes, we want to put shows on uh, definitely in the Bedfordshire, Buckinghamshire area, which is where I'm from. We want to do shows here, and that's something we are looking at doing. But to put shows on in an area, you need to get a really good group of boxers. We don't want to put on a crappy show with four fights on. You know, it's got to be a proper show where you can go in and people go, yeah, wow, that was great. Because other than that, you can, as you know, and you fight on many shows, you can go to many shows around the country, and they're pretty crap. And we don't want to do that. We want to make sure that the shows are electric, they're atmospheric, and people want to come back and you can really build a product in an area. But yes, it's something we definitely want to build, but we need a nucleus of fighters in a particular area to make it work. Okay, we've got Richard Farnan. He says, here in some shows will start again in July, so I'm making sure my lads are ready. That's, um, again, this is what, I, mean, I get that because as the opponents, it's going to be very difficult from, when you talk about July, we are talking Matro and Frank Warren, we're not talking about small hall, you won't, I don't believe, personally believe you'll see small hall stuff in July, but I totally agree, the, the issue is going to be, they're not going to be able to use foreign opponents, so with Richard having people like Pucci and people like that, they, they will be called upon and possibly be able to get more money as well. Um, because the bottom line is going to be, you're not, if you can't import, the UK fighters that are ready to go are going to get work. Do I think there's a chance of shows in July? I think there are possibly behind closed doors, but a lot of that will depend on the testing being available for every, everybody going into the arena. At the moment, you know the problems we've got with testing. Um, and also the fact that the hospitals are prepared to take injured boxers and have the capacity to take injured boxers. So if you get a flare-up, for example, in June, 
of a drain on the NHS and doctors can't be at the venue, and there's a problem. So I think that's hope. The first hopeful start is July for behind closed doors, but there's absolutely no guarantee that it will be July. Okay, and we've got Shah, she says, hello, do not put on a 35, 35 fight card. Do you know how stressful that is with MMA? Don't do it to yourself. <laughs> no, we won't be doing that. I think the most fights we'd, we'd probably put on is about 17, 17 to 18 fights. You're going to have a lot of fighters to get out, um, and I don't see any reason. But it depends on the times, how many title fights you've got on, and things like that. But yeah, we'll, we'll manage it right. But as I say, the key's going to be whichever promoter does it, they're going to want to make sure that they've got the fighters that got, have got 100% reliability. And of course the fighter can get injured, but there are fighters that pull out for various reasons and they're not reliable one day. I'll definitely go and get them back in the queue. Okay, we've got Stevie K. He says, hi Steve, greetings Hiya. from Scotland. Enjoy your show. Keep up the good work, mate. Keep safe. He's a good man, Steve. He's, he trains boxes up there in Scotland. He's a good man, so I hope you well, Steve. Um, okay, and we've got, if there was one thing you could change in the boxing industry, what would it be? There's about 20 things I'd like to change in the boxing industry. What would it be? Lifetime bans for poaching boxers. Um, and if, and, for, and I'll correspond with that, and if you, if, if you can't be banned because you haven't got a licence, the board should ban them from attending boxing events. Because that's the thing that's annoying is that people, and it's not just me, it's happened to Steve Wood, um, Carl Green, some people like this, they build boxes up and people promise them the world and boxers believe it and it doesn't work out most of the time for them, but they ruin and unset the relationship for no reason. And now people are doing it without licences, which makes it even worse. Clive Duncan says, hi Steve, hi, Ports hi. Portsmouth have some good, very good boxers. Yeah, Clive, we've we done, um, we done Two or three shows in Portsmouth about two or three years ago. We did, um, I had, I managed a man called John McIntyre, who was English champion, he was from Portsmouth. I looked after Floyd Moore, who was Southern Area champion, he was from Portsmouth. Um, the top guy they've got now is a guy called Michael McKinson. The reason that we stopped doing Portsmouth was that there wasn't enough boxers there. And one of the things that I said was you need a nucleus of them. There wasn't enough boxers, and those that were there didn't generate enough fan base. And uh, for us, Portsmouth did not work as a boxing area. And there's a, um, there's a chap called Chris Hitchens, who promotes near Portsmouth now. He's trying to resurrect it, and he's a good man. And he's trying to do boxing down in Portsmouth. But we would rather, we, we don't want to go to Portsmouth until we've developed a, perhaps a big star that we can take there. We've got a lad called Bailey Donald from down there at the moment that we manage, and he could become a star. And then we would therefore possibly, at that point, take him to Portsmouth and build shows around him. Uh, but yeah, at the moment, I don't think there's enough in depth in Portsmouth to make it work while doing it there. We've got Laszlo says, hi Steve, hi, enjoy from Slovakia. Yeah, hi Laszlo, hope you're well. It'll be good when we can catch up again. We, we enjoyed it. Do you remember when we went to um, Budapest and Laszlo came from here with us? Yeah. It's a nice man, him and his wife. They're really nice. We, we respect you. The, one, some of the most decent people to deal with, Laszlo. Good man, thank you. Um, we've got Charlie Walker who says, Hello Steve, do you Hello. think this country will return the same as it was before, sports and economically wise? Yes, eventually. But the key is that what you normally have in times like, say, 2008 when there's the financial crisis, you have a V shaped recovery. Now it's more going to be a U shaped recovery. And what I mean by that is that it will take that much longer to get back to where we were. But in terms of in terms of investments, economy, yes, if, 
you, you just need, if you talk about, you need, just need to have correct advice if it's to do with money recovery. There's also going to be a lot of people that get badly burned from this. Um, sports, yes, but it may take some time. For boxing to go back where it was, it will take time. It won't just jump back into, into where it was. And I think it may take two or three years to get back to as we perceived it to be normal. But that's on the basis that we do have a cure for this, for this virus. Because without a cure for this virus, it becomes a, or, or a treatment, then it becomes a problem. Although, based on what I see and I hear, and I'm sure the same with the people involved in this, um, the, the lady Gilbert down in Oxford, she was involved in the Ebola thing, and she seems very confident that she can, she's going to produce both a vaccine and a treatment. So, based on that, I think we can get back to normal. But the government, in my opinion, have done a good job in supporting everybody financially. I'm not so sure they've, they've done a very good job in what they're doing in, in every other area. And uh, obviously the better job they do will be the quicker the recovery. Ramez says, do you think some of your lads, especially those on the road, will get calls for behind closed doors shows in July or onwards? Or even possibly your boxers who are at or close to title level in a title fighter against the home lad? Very possibly. Um, but, but knowing what these bigger promoters try to do is they always try and give short notice. So I think once I think once we get back, I think that the bigger promoters, there will be calls for bigger fights because they're not going to be able to bring in the foreign imports. So I think there will be calls. But I think it's important that the manager of those boxers gets enough notice. So you know you want to have the right notice for the fights. But yes, that is definitely possible with Mesh, but we must remember. Say, for example, you, and you've got a brilliant manager in Mickey Amu. Um, it's not the end of the world if you don't come back again until next year. So there's no point in you taking the wrong fight, just for a fight now, and blowing it all, because rather than waiting that, that extra point, because you're in such a good position. So, yes, there will be calls, but it doesn't mean because you get a call, you take it. Um, Paul Cummins says, next time I'm booked, could I get on late so I get some time in the bookies? <laughs> and then Richard well, I always wanted to be on early. And then Richard Farnham goes, and if you put Paul on last, can we get on early? <laughs> we always try and look after these people, they're great. Paul Cummings, Richard and his people, some of the best people in, to, in boxing to deal with, they're great. And we always try and accommodate them, as you know. You're good guys. And that's it for questions today. So thanks guys for watching, appreciate it. Um, we'll be back next Sunday, 6.30. It's a Sunday now because a lot of people have said that Sundays going forward um, are, the, are, are better days for them. And people have asked that I continue this after the lockdown, so perhaps I will, but it'll be much easier to do that on a Sunday than a Saturday. Any subjects you want to address, drop me a message. If you think there's anything you want me to cover specifically in the world of finance, markets, or anything like that, I'll do that for you. Uh, other than that, stay safe, have a good week, and uh, we move on. One, one week closer to when we know a bit more from the government.